<laughs> you can have Yep, yep, that's the one. Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Denalysis Fantasy Football Podcast. We're smack bang in the middle of a spicy double game week in which Aguero has delivered the goods and Sane has delivered the tears. But it could all change in a mere matter of days. Although maybe not for Aguero, unless he somehow... I, can you get four red cards in one game? I reckon he could try. Because I think that getting down to five points, um, it'd still be a respectable score, really, <laughs> in any game week. So. I am, of course, your host, Dan. And as always, I'm joined on this beautiful winter evening by Natalie. Hi, oh. Natalie. Hi, I thought you were going to call me beautiful, and you didn't. <laughs> no, that would be inappropriate. We're just here to discuss the football, man. Okay. But... Before we get into it, be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Denalysis, where you'll find biting criticism of Mustafi, alongside the occasional commentary of the day's games. Because I've been getting quite into it recently. When I'm watching a game, I'll just do do a little bit of tweeting here and there, have a little bit of interaction. It's been good. The people like it when you tweet. The people get annoyed when I tweet. <laughs> I, I think some of your tweets are great, though. What was the, oh, the one the other day? That one about the nonsense stat, that one. Yeah, this is what I get out of bed for this morning or yeah, something. That, yeah, I get out of bed in the morning for nonsense stats. Like, exactly. I can't remember what it was. No, let me find it. It was Man United have a higher win rate in games played on Tuesdays than any other side in Premier League history. That is fully ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> like, oh, but I needed it. I need, I because li- they that was tweeted by the Premier League at three thirteen a.m. Mm. our time, and that really. What the hell are they doing at three thirteen a.m.? Do you reckon the social media know. guy just woke up and was like, "Oh, I must tweet"? But waking up at six a.m. seeing that tweet, and I thought, that's all I needed. That's all yeah. I needed to get me through the day. <laughs> I do love stats like that. Uh, I heard a great one today where it was like, um. Sergio Aguero has scored nine hat-tricks since Man United scored their last hat-trick. That's quite impressive. It's absolutely mental to think that no Man United player has scored a hat-trick in that time. Or Aguero's hat-tricks have all been in the space of like three months. But I don't, th- I don't remember that many no, hat-tricks. He, this is only his second hat-trick this season, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's really impressive records. But let's dive right into the week's football. So we're going to be... Mostly looking back at game week 25, but there was also another game week, game week 24, <laughs> that happened just before that, in the middle of the week, and there were loads of crazy results, uh, but Chelsea have only gone and done a 5-0 win, mid-days after losing 4-0 to Bournemouth. It's almost starting to seem that every game is different, and you know, not many teams are just good or bad. So essentially, unless... what happened is Chelsea won 1-0. Yeah, uh, they had a net gain of one goal, <laughs> which... You know, in investment terms, that's good, right? You've got plus one. You've got plus one. Um, So, yeah, uh, I I think Huddersfield, on the other hand, they definitely fall into the bad category of teams. But Higuain scored a a banging double, actually. Hazard took a penalty, as he always does, scored it, and scored a nice uh, nice goal for his second. And Chelsea finally kept another clean sheet. Um, So it all seems well in fantasy land for Chelsea. The question is, how much can we extrapolate from this result, considering... It was at home, and it was against Huddersfield, who... Let me contextualise just how bad Huddersfield are for you. So since December the 1st, they've played 12 Premier League games. How many of those do you think they've won? None. Yeah, you would be correct. How many of those do you think they've drawn out of 12? Two. No, you're wrong. Just one. one. And they've lost 11. So I feel like 5-0 against Huddersfield may be... 
is a slightly flattering result, but what did you think of, of these two players in particular? Um, I'll be honest, Dan. To say I was watching them would have been a lie. Did you see their goals? Maybe. What I will say is Higuain scored a really, really good first goal, um, assisted by N'Golo Conte. The... I'm f- both of them were Conte assists, and I'm getting yeah, fed they're... up of it, to be quite honest. It's, it's so weird that... The first one, though, the first Higuain one in particular, was like a really smart assist, a really good, um, intelligent pass and well-timed pass. That was a really, really good goal. And I don't want to get too drawn into the idea of Higuain as an option just yet, but 9.5, considering Hazard is, what, 10.5? I can't even remember 10.9. 9.5 for a player as good as Higuain and when you think about fantasy football and what you need to do in fantasy football someone who gets a load of goals which is a criticism you could level against um Hazard that he doesn't score enough someone like Higuain is is perfect for that and at 9.5 that's actually a really good I, I think the last podcast we did I said I expected expected him to be around about 10 10.5 so I was actually quite surprised he came in that cheap um but they play City next, so well, now's not the time, is it? That's it, they play City next and then they blank. Uh, Chelsea, yeah, yeah, because they're in the final, yeah. And then they play Spurs. Yeah, so it seems like, unless you're unless you're a particularly risky player, all conventional logic would say, okay, maybe, maybe sit it out for now, especially as the game against Man City is at the Etihad sta- Stadium. Um, so you would think that Man City, you know, with a point to prove as well, they've they've made up some ground on Liverpool now, and they have a, a midweek game to play, and hopefully, hopefully for for City's sake, they can catch Liverpool. Um, this is a really important game for them to win and and to be behind their own fans. Where it's a strangely quiet stadium um, that that Etihad Stadium, but when there's a big game there, like the the fans do seem to turn up. I, I'm trying to think of who it was. They played. A, it was a Liverpool game. It was the loudest I've ever heard, like anyone in that stadium when they beat Liverpool two uh, one, and it just felt so weird. But but I wonder if there'll be a similar sort of atmosphere against Chelsea on Sunday. Um, but I do I do think they looked really good. It's just like I say, Huddersfield. They're they're so awful um, that you can't really look look too much into it. So it's a bandwagon I would only hop on at your own risk, but definitely uh, definitely a team to watch. I mean, how does it look after... So after game week 27, yeah, as you mentioned, they face Tottenham. That one is at home. But it's really after that it starts to look good again with Fulham, Wolves, Everton, Cardiff and West Ham, the mm. next five. That could be a time. Whenever the game that they miss is. Yeah, whenever their double game week comes, because... For anyone who who missed it and maybe doesn't understand the whole way the double game weeks work, because they're very, it's basically just moving fixtures back and forth between different teams' schedules and stuff. So, Man City had their game from later in the season against Everton brought forwards, but Chelsea's couldn't be brought forwards because they have an FA Cup game or something. There's some other game that that was clashing. Oh, it's um. Uh- I think it's because their fixture was meant to be against Wolves, wasn't it? And Wolves had an Oh, FA Wolves Cup have replay. a replay. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, you're right. Wolves play. A, yeah. Wolves are playing tonight, so yeah. obviously they couldn't play tomorrow. Also. 
Yes. So we have this situation, but it, it does start to look better for them. And yeah, they will have a double game week at some point. So definitely a team that will be worth looking at. And Higuain is probably the one I'd be eyeing at the moment because there aren't an awful lot in that sort of 9 million range that have really been performing this season. Mm. So it could be could be good to look at. And depending on like how your team's built up as well, you can like run the risk of letting Higuain have a price rise or two over the next couple of weeks if that does happen. It yeah. shouldn't really be that detrimental to your situation. Like it shouldn't going from 9.5 to 9.7 probably won't affect you that much. It might do, but chances it, are. It depends how tight your budget is, but I, I mean, I, depending I get on what, what you're, you're moving and... around, like yeah. So I'd be moving a Bamiyang to Higuain, right? And in that case, it would make no difference. It's only, I guess, if you're, if you've gone super budget up front with like I don't know Rashford, uh, Jimenez, and someone else cheap. Yeah, Barnes. I don't know. <laughs> then you, it's trickier, but. Chances are, if you had that, you wouldn't be moving to Higuain just because that's it'd take more than one move anyway. Yeah, and the one thing I would say about Higuain is he's essentially a world-class striker priced at like a, a, a fairly cheap price for what he can potentially deliver. So it's only really if he's banging in big returns consistently, that's going to be when you look at him. And at that point you're going to want a guy who's under 10 million and scoring, you know, multiple goals most game weeks anyway. Mm-hmm. So he could turn out to be one of the options, one of the picks of the season. Um, Arsenal, on the other hand, they, they could turn their fortunes around potentially. So they obviously lost to City. but They do switch places with Chelsea and play Huddersfield this weekend. So I don't really have too much to say about Arsenal, but I would just say if you're holding on to Aubameyang, and you're disappointed with his his performance against Man City. They do have a couple of dis, uh, decent fixtures following the Huddersfield game, and Hus- Huddersfield just can't keep clean sheets, and they can't score goals. So if you have Kalasinac, his odds of a clean sheet are pretty high, and uh, Aubameyang and Lacazette, two players that, that you might have, it would be worth holding on to for, for this game. And after they play Huddersfield, they have two home games with Southampton and Bournemouth. That's quite nice, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I think Arsenal's games for the rest of the season. Yeah, are... so then they play, there's the Spurs away, Man United yeah. at home. And yeah. then after that, it's just like a play and sail until the end of the season. Exactly. And really, the, the thing about Arsenal at the moment is we have this situation where they have some really good players in certain positions and then some really bad players in other positions. Uh, I don't feel they need to be named, but it's... One of those things where it's kind of worth holding on to a guy like Aubameyang purely because of those fixtures, even though it's quite hard to watch Arsenal at times. Like, when you know these guys are capable of scoring multiple goals in a game, mm. it's it's always got to be worth having them against lesser opposition. Um, but they're, they're quite a hard team to interpret at the moment because you don't really know if they're going to put in a, a really spirited, sort of high work rate, exciting performance, or they're just going to timidly pass it around in front of the defence. I did also want to mention Man United because they obviously have some template picks at the moment with Rashford and, and Pogba being the standout too. Uh, but their fixture list is about to become very packed as the Champions League returns next week. And they're playing PSG obviously twice. Between that, they have an FA Cup game against Chelsea. And they also face, I believe, Liverpool and 
Arsenal and Man City in the next in the next five game weeks, the next six game weeks. Six, yeah. Yeah, so they I mean I wouldn't advise anyone to get rid of Man United players ahead of playing Fulham. <laughs> it's definitely not something I'd be considering. But I would if you're someone who's been sitting on the fence uh, for Man United, like it could start to turn for them quite quickly over this period. So I'd just be a little bit wary uh, of what might happen considering the, the fixture congestion. And it's got to be the first period that Solskjaer's had to face of, of really tough fixtures. Uh, but Arsenal's noisy North London neighbours, Spurs, they somehow keep finding a way to win and it, it confounds my understanding. So they they had a hard 1-0, hard fought 1-0 win against Newcastle and also turned around a one-goal deficit against Watford in the midweek game, with Hing Min Son being basically at the heart of everything. Is he too good to ignore at this point at 8.7? He's he's a guy who just scores all the time. Every goal that Spurs, Spurs score, he seems to have some involvement. What do you think? Annoying, isn't it? It is annoying when you don't own him, yeah. And I don't really have a way of getting him in, since you told me not to get rid of Sterling. Um, well, Sterl- Sterling. It wouldn't surprise me if Sterling doesn't play at all tomorrow, and Son has somehow outscored him by one point. That would uh, be really annoying. No, but I couldn't. I wasn't getting rid of Sterling for Son. And also, it's fine if Sterling doesn't play tomorrow. I've still got my twenty points from my captain. Yeah, I mean it's better than my four. So <laughs> yeah, and for that, I am pleased because honestly, I needed it. Um, <laughs> it's good when you get a week like that, isn't it? You finally well, get it right. I'm currently average, so I don't know if we have got it right. Well, you got it more right than half I've the people. I've got at least one <laughs> of the things right. <laughs> I think I picked the right captain. I've picked my highest scoring player as my captain. Yeah. Well, that that actually, that is one thing. Like, It's a purely psychological thing. But I find like getting the right captain to me is a lot more satisfying than just oh, no. getting a good score on the wrong captain. No, I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered about the captain thing. Really? Yeah, because I, I think it's because so I have a complex. Because I, I, I know that I'm bad at it. Yeah, no, it doesn't bother me that much. Hmm. It's not like, as long as my captain doesn't blank, I'm not fussed. If my captain yeah. blanks, then it's a bit annoying. But no, as long as, like, even just one assist, that'll do. One assist and only plays 59 minutes, I'll still take it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what? I, I'm actually thinking about this now, and I'm thinking the. The main reason for me is because every time I've got my captain wrong, it seems to be on a week where I've scored, like the rest of my team have scored, scored really, well. really well. So I've yeah. had the opportunity to mm. catch up on my rivals and I've just missed out by that one decision. And it feels yeah. like you're so close yet so far. But yeah, the, Son has, has looked amazing. And I, I mean, the the thing that I think stands out about him is he just steps up when it's needed and he really delivers even in games he plays poorly in. And kind of like Salah did last season and has on many occasions this season, but at a fraction of the price. Mm. It's interesting because when Son came back from the Asian whatever it was just now, the and cup. it was like, yeah. well, I don't know, there were games, there were cup, who knows what's <laughs> going on. Um, and, um, and it was like, oh, he's very tired... He's also very tired and he's quite sleepy and he's tired. <laughs> wait, wait, he's tired and he's tired. He's tired, Whoa. tired, sleepy and tired. He might not be able to. And then off he pops, does a goal, lives his life. And then before the weekend, it was like, oh, 
he's still quite tired and he's very upset about the whole Asia thing. It, Will well, he be he did, okay? He did actually say it himself as well, that he hadn't been sleeping properly and he well, was exactly. trying... Well, exactly! So... That, to me, I was like, cool, Sun's going to be rubbish. I didn't actually see the, the goal in midweek because every time I tried to put match of the day on, I just fell asleep. But his goal against Newcastle, slightly questionable goalkeeping from Dubravka, really should have saved it. And I feel like that's the run that Son is on. He's in this run where it doesn't really matter if he plays well or he plays bad. Like, he just finds a way to get the points and... It's these kind of players that you look at in FPL and you just think it's pointless me even analysing this or trying to analyse it. Because much like Pogba, he'll just score every week. It doesn't matter how how many stats you look at that suggest, you know, he's not getting the chances or, or, or maybe he's not getting the good quality chances. It just happens for him all the time. And, and I kind of feel like that's where that discussion ends. And it's annoying because I'm not going to get him and he'll probably score again this week and he'll keep doing it to me. <laughs> mm, I think I'd think about getting him on a wild card. Yeah. But until then, it's too awkward for me to get him. Well, but let's I do say, for example, him. let's say, for example, Man United have Fulham this week. You're not transferring mm. Pogba out, are you? No. But Man United have Liverpool next week, Crystal Palace, the giant killers, the week after. And a, a resurgent Southampton after that, whereas Spurs, they face Burn oh Burnley, Chelsea, and Arsenal. Yeah, their fixtures aren't better. Yeah, I think I'd <laughs> to be honest, I'd keep Pogba until after the Palace game. Yeah. No, after the Southampton game. Yeah. Palace and Southampton. And then, at that point, Spurs face Arsenal, Southampton, Palace. So basically, the same games in reverse. Yeah. That's interesting. Um. Yeah, I, I, I kind of look at that. That's one of the things I have been doing over this season is keeping a running total of what fixtures are coming up. Because for me, I mean, this probably wouldn't work for everyone, but for me, it's a case of contextualising the season for myself where when I see a player get a big score and I'm annoyed that I don't have them, I can then look at the fixtures ahead and be like, wait, that's why I didn't get them because yeah. they, they their run that's coming up is not necessarily perfect. But it is fair to say that Son is one of those players that he can score in most games. Mm. Um, and there are a few a few teams that seem to be capable of doing that this season. Spurs are probably the most exciting in that sense from an FPL perspective. Because if you look at the likes of Sterling and, and Sane and Aguero, like, which one of those has performed in most of the, the big games this season? I mean, Aguero just had a fantastic game against Arsenal, but they, they lost to Chelsea and... It, who is it, David Luiz or something that scored in that game. So it's actually quite hard to, to predict who will do well in these big games, regardless of, of who's on form, I guess. I wanted to talk about Llorente. Oh, okay. It's weird. He's 5.7. And according to the FPL website, not according to any sources like Ben Dinnery, Kane is expected back for game week 29, which is the North London derby. God damn it, Kane. Well, it wouldn't be wouldn't be right without him, would it? Yeah, it wouldn't be right without him scoring a penalty. <laughs> exactly. Gifted um, by Mustafi. Exactly. So until then, Spurs have Leicester at home, Burnley away, and Chelsea away, and Llorente is in. Like that's his situation, isn't it? He's not not in. Well, he did start on the bench for one of these games, didn't he? I think it might have been the midweek one. 
where yes. he scored the winner. But maybe he was just tired. Well, he is old, so that is a thing to consider. There we go. Um, so he's had one goal and two assists since Kane's uh, demise. Yeah. Um, at 5.7, is Llorente worth it for a possible only three weeks? I would say no. And the reason Same. I'd say no is because the team I was actually just about to talk about, Newcastle, mm-hmm. also have a striker priced at 5.7. Is it Rondon? And it's Rondon. And their run of fixtures is actually very good. Um, also, uh, a thing that I think is very significant is Newcastle have finally broken their, their transfer record that's held since like the mid-2000s by signing Miguel Almiron for £21 million. See, I asked you who this man was the other day and you just didn't reply and I thought, well, he can't be that important then. I oh. don't even, I didn't even know until right this minute what team he played for. <laughs> so uh, he played for Atlanta, uh, the USA Atlanta. Oh, not, not the, Atalanta. Not Atalanta, who are also doing very well in, in Serie A. But yeah, he is a player that really excites me and I've got a juicy bit of goss for you. I actually brought him in. <laughs> this week because <laughs> why what's because, wrong with you you like mental. you hadn't already just bought ryan babel in <laughs> this is it like I- i'm on a full like renegade this is me at the moment. start of the season when i had jota and josh murphy you know what? this is why i will never win at fpl because as soon as it gets to like the midway point in the season you just I'm start like, doing dumb shit okay okay i want this sexy player <laughs> So that's kind of where I'm at right now. So my midfield is absolutely mental at this point. <laughs> I've basically got a load of players under 6.5 and Sterling and, Sterling. and, and Salah. Right, so, so I still have two big ones. Yeah, Under 6 million. Yeah, it's Redmond, Almiron and... I can't Babel. Even... Uh, Babel, yeah. Um, Babel. I'm not going to say Babel. <laughs> Babel. Babelfish. Babblefish, what a great, what a great website that was. <laughs> That's but... going to be my team name next year, Ryan Babblefish. <laughs> but as I was saying, Miguel Almiron, he... but 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 Babel Bell. <laughs> oh, Miguel Almiron, good player. To my mind, it seems like the perfect signing for Newcastle because. Wait, well, what is he? A striker? So he's a an attacking midfielder, sort oh. of winger pacey uh pacey dribbling sort of guy mm. and he's known for basically decisive contributions in the final third so assists and goals and that is the one thing he's done really well in the mls been i think he won player of the year it was either last year or the year before he's always up there in that conversation and um he is exactly the sort of player newcastle need because if you look at newcastle's attack they have a great target man in salomon rondon but they don't score enough goals because they don't create enough chances. One of the reasons they don't create enough chances... What's happened to John Joe Shelby? That is a great question. I assume he's injured because I've heard nothing about him for a long time. Hmm. So unless he's done something naughty, then I don't really know. Um, But even with John Joe Shelby in the team, like something they lack is is someone to deliver a pass to, to Rondon. I think you could make a similar criticism of Arsenal, but they have, you know, better strikers. So with Rondon, what you really want is someone who can actually deliver him chances, put the ball into the box. And I think Almiron could be that player. And uh, he's been renowned for really good numbers in MLS, but it's obviously a much lower quality league. 
uh, in terms of the, the quality of players they have there. So he'll be really interesting to watch. And I wouldn't I wouldn't say to anyone else, hey, get this player in, because I think they played Spurs this weekend as well, isn't it? Oh, no, it's Wolves. Um, so Wolves, yeah, they just played Spurs, of course. Wolves could be a tough game, but one of the things I look at with Wolves is they've conceded a lot, a lot of goals uh, recently. And yeah, I think this could be the guy particularly to unlock the potential for Rondon. So with their next five being Wolves away, Huddersfield and Burnley back-to-back at home, then West Ham away, then Everton at home, there's three good home games there. Um, and Wolves and West Ham, definitely potential for points there for um, for Newcastle. And you think he'll have his visa sorted by... Well, if he doesn't, it's at least made my lineup decision <laughs> for me because I don't know who the hell I want to play this week. Like, this is the other thing I always suck at. I have 15 players that I want to play most weeks. Yeah. And then I never... Unless I've got, like, West Ham players playing Liverpool, it, which ironically would have actually been a good... It, I could have put D up in my team and actually gained one extra point this week if I'd put him there instead of Kalasinach. So, yeah, it's, it's a, a strange one. But, yeah, definitely a team to look out for. And it would be remiss of us. I know we kind of have mentioned him already, but not to mention the double game week hero of Sergio Aguero. A hat-trick against Arsenal. Very good performance. But I did want to say for those who are looking... Uh, you know, those who've got the sensation in their knee and they're thinking, oh, it's time to bring Aguero in. It's probably not the time because they play Chelsea this weekend and then they blank in game week 27 to play Chelsea in the cup final. So considering those two factors, I he, he's a player that you'd maybe consider holding if you already had him. Mm. But I can't see any other, with City in general, like yeah. now is not the time to bring anyone in. One thing that should be mentioned, um, his third goal was a handball, but also Mustafi should have been sent off and, and given away a penalty for bringing him down in the first half. So swings and roundabouts, I guess. But just a, a point, VAR, man, it's going to be chaos next year. I can't wait. I honestly can't wait. It's going to be brilliant. And it's going to make covering football in general just way Insane. more fun. Yeah. yeah. But... Considering just just from when they announced that they were going to be using VAR next season, the amount of wrong decisions. Chelsea also um, were given a penalty, which was outside the box. That's another one. Uh, obviously, the very controversial one was the Carabao Cup cane offside, not given or whatever. There's been so many, and there's been so many missed as well. And I've seen so many players, you know, grabbing people in the box and rugby tackling them. There's got to be so many penalties. I think probably game week one next season, we've just got to stack up on all the penalty takers. Well, this is what I said, that rather than handsome 11 next year, we should do like penalty VAR. takers 11. Yeah, or just a VAR 11. <laughs> Can we call it VAR 11? Maybe there's a pun there. But anyway. We'll work on it. We've got a we'll, few we'll months. We'll work on it. We've got, yeah, we've got a little while. Um, so City, probably not time to knee-jerk, but they do actually have no, a really but... nice run of fixtures yeah. after the, the blank. I like it for 28 onwards. Yeah, so... If City continue their, their run of form, I mean, they outplayed Arsenal quite comfortably. I thought Arsenal had moments in the first half, but really seemed to tire after that. And you saw the difference in quality. Um, but I guess the problem with City is always got to be that sort of who to get thing. Because Sane, yeah. people have triple captain in this week and he, we don't even know if he's going to play at all. But 
I haven't done it the last two years, but now, seeing this chaos, I wouldn't triple captain in a double game week where the players weren't guaranteed to play. Yeah. Like, it just, it's not, like, I could triple captain Mitrovic if he was playing a double game week because I know that he is going to play He'll play both, both as games. long as he's fit, yeah. There's literally no way he won't unless he's dead. Um, and I just don't, like, it. It's baffling to me that people would take... Obviously, if anyone who triple-captained Aguero, that was a very good shout. And Yeah, even if he doesn't that... play tomorrow, yeah, it's, it's it was fine. worth doing. But, yeah, I just hate but that, that That's risk. the thing. That's the thing I think that's interesting. Like, one of the reasons I didn't uh, captain Sterling was because I didn't think he would necessarily play both games. And I thought, yeah. I like the odds of... Salah getting more points in one game more than mm. I like the odds of Sterling getting points from the bench or something or, yeah, yeah. or just playing one game mm. um, and it, it turned out that he got 10 points against Arsenal but the one thing I, I look at with Aguero is it was a risk like it was a gamble if you went for him and it really paid off um, but I you know he probably won't play tomorrow it'll pro- probably be Gabriel Jesus and do you think do you genuinely believe that Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I can depending on what time I get around to editing this, I can just cut this out to make it you sound intelligent. <laughs> I, I could I could do a take of the alternative. Aguero will definitely play. Yeah, um, but no, it's one of those scenarios where it's it's paid off because he did really really well in one game. Yeah, and um, you could have that with Aguero on any given game week, I guess with City it's always so hard because you never know like unless I think earlier in the season he was clearly the clearly the front runner for the team but now we're in this period where there's so many more games that I think Pep has to start looking at managing his squad a lot more and mm. even last uh, last season in the the late double game weeks we saw a lot of rotation that sort of caught people off guard so there is a little bit where we we kind of over overestimate quite how good these are and it is often the the defenders who end up coming out on top just by getting you know at least four points from from playing oh, both games <laughs> i'm not having laporte and his bullshit his assist man and it, also if <laughs> if the linesman had been a bit a bit worse then he could have had a goal as well because he did score um right after aguero's goal from a set piece and i was like no please no i can't i can't deal with another one of the players that I thought about bringing in just for this one week, yeah, being being a scorer. So let's move on. Wolves have found themselves with a number of popular FPL options this season, but perhaps have a su- surprise start in recent weeks with Moutinho racking up the assists. Mm. How do you feel about this guy? He's come out of nowhere and he's just yeah set piece after set piece. They're, they're scoring goals from them, and I'm here for it. Five point two as a your fifth midfielder. Like, I could quite easily switch out Patterson for this boy. It'd leave me with three Wolves players. I don't know how I'd feel about that. Because I finally bought him an S. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, baby. Um, and he did and well. Then, he scored again. Yeah, no, I didn't buy him that early. All right. Um, <laughs> I, just, I just bought him. Just now. So that's good. Yeah, no, I like the sound of Moutinho. Yeah, I might get him. Yeah, it's, it's a good price and... I think if you look at their, their sort of next five or six games, uh, they're playing... Well, actually, let's just look at their next four. <laughs> let's not look beyond that. They play Newcastle at the weekend at home, then it's Bournemouth and Huddersfield both away from home, and then it's Cardiff at home. 
I'd just like to say that um, Doherty has scored twice tonight versus Shrewsbury. Oh, really? Yes. Damn. The interesting thing about... I say it's interesting. It's not really, but he just... He doesn't keep clean sheets anymore, but he keeps getting some kind of attacking return. Mm. And it really bothers me because you can have players that have better defences and just don't well, keep clean sheets. To be fair, the assist at the weekend was a... A penalty. Penalty, yeah. so... Yeah, but it still came from ostensibly the same situation of him just getting really, really far forward and, and being fouled. So he puts yeah. himself in those positions, but I, I'm not going back to him. I, I personally don't like Wolves' defensive options. I, I think they look really good in attack now, and I think that's the place to look. I mean, obviously, if you've still got Doherty anyway, you can't really argue with the returns he's giving. It's no. one of those things where you're almost overthinking it if you do get rid of him. Yeah, for sure. Um, but... Yeah, the the fact that they've changed this uh, to this three five two rather than the old formation, they just seem to have improved so much more in their attacking side of things. They're scoring a lot more goals. And if you think back to earlier in the season, the criticism criticism was always this team like they're really good, but they just don't score. And um, it, that's something that's seen Jimenez particularly and and Jota actually really improve their their standing in FPL. <laughs> so moving on anyway, Cardiff, um, they're quietly collecting the points, and yeah. Bamber and Etheridge looking pretty decent, right? Yeah, um, I'm really like I can't really be bothered to make a defensive transfer because I don't really need to because then it's just going to end up with me having more people who I want to play every week that I can't. Yeah. Um, but if I did want to, I'd be getting old Bamber in. Yeah, I love ASAP. Bamber. He's so he seems like such a great guy. He does. Um, he, he seems super funny. And also, he just gets bonus points because he's good at defending. Yeah. yeah like, and... this week, he got a bonus point, even though he got a yellow card, and there were goals that I weren't that. scored by him. I love that. So, That's brilliant. There we go. Just great. Just great guy. He's a good player, and the the thing with Cardiff we have to consider is they just kind of look good against everyone. Like they They looked really decent against Arsenal, and... It ultimately came down to a silly mistake giving away a penalty and Arsenal just clicking into gear after that and getting a second goal eventually. But really, like some of the teams are playing, Southampton next, who I think have been, you know, really good on under Hasenhutel, but after that it's Watford and Everton back to back, both at home. Mm. Um Watford are sort of a team who look to be decent against those higher in the table and really struggle against the relegation candidates who are a bit more defensive. Um, Everton just look awful against everyone. And it's really game week 32 onwards where it gets a bit tough for them. They have mm. quite a few tough games. But for the next sort of six, seven weeks, there's definitely a lot of games you could look at playing those guys. So if you do want to make some money somewhere in defence, could yeah. be... I have a bit of a nonsense stat as well okay. that Cardiff have kept a clean sheet in all three of their last home games against non-top six opposition. I don't think that's entirely nonsense. I think that's well, quite a good a, stat. It's a bit pointless. No, because you can draw some good conclusions there, and this is just being crazy human people like we are. We always look for patterns in things when they're sometimes random, but home games, it's logical that they would do better in those. And against non-top six sides with lower quality attackers, they've done well against them. So you could quite happily play Etheridge or Bamba against any non-top six sides 
when they have a home game and that could just be your rule that you follow and more often than not you'll you'll walk away with some points so I think it's worth considering someone but only really if you're looking to make defensive transfers I, I wouldn't kind of if you've got someone decent already I wouldn't be trying to like shove them out the door mm. we'll do a little sort of thing that we don't usually do and give a little goalkeeper shout out as well because your boy Ben Foster was absolutely fantastic at the weekend mm. was it eight saves or something yeah, something like that. He's made 26 saves over the last five game weeks. And that includes two clean sheets as well. He's just on an absolutely mad one, isn't he? Mm, were you, did you make it through the match of the day where they were talking about how he should unretire from England? <laughs> I, I like that. As if he didn't make that decision because <laughs> he didn't want to play for England. It's like... Then they all stopped and realised that Pope existed and Heaton. Yeah. And Pickford, and do you remember Butland? And but they remember when he existed. I think he's still on, and uh, Angus Gunn, and then they were just reeling off all of these English goalkeepers. I was like, yes, so probably Foster's not going to bother. Yeah, he's he's in his thirties now. He's chilling. Like I I was listening to another football podcast earlier, and they were talking about how he just he doesn't actually love football that much, which is. He just does it because it's jo- it's his job. He does it as a job, but he doesn't really like it. And it's like... Very relatable. <laughs> but while we're on goalkeeper shout-outs, I also want to give a, a goalkeeper get the hell out, and that's for Dubravka and also McCarthy for freaking... Not actually giving away a penalty, but should have given away a penalty to oh, Ashley that was Barnes. chaos, wasn't it? I can't believe... After seeing how Barnes reacted, I can't believe he stayed on the pitch. I... Absolutely. It's crazy, isn't it? It's it's one of two things, because it's like, this is another VAR moment, where if there is VAR, arguably, both Barnes gets sent off and a penalty is given. Yeah. Because he starts arguing, and he probably calls for VAR or something, and that's a bookable offence. It, he wasn't it. even arguing, he was he screaming. Was like, yeah, and, and this is the fascinating, th- fascinating thing, and I use that term ironically, like, in football... You get sent off for clapping sarcastically in the ref's yeah. face, but you can shout abuse, and that is not seen as disrespecting the referee, or the referee will just like turn a blind eye to it. Like that is just idiotic. That is like it's weird, isn't it? I because... don't understand how referees don't have the common sense to be like, I'm gonna send this guy off here. Yeah, it's strange because either he should have been sent off for reacting like that Hmm. or he should have been given the penalty because clearly he was reacting like that because he knew that he'd been brought down yeah and he knew that the linesman had seen or at least should have seen yeah so yeah no sense was made (laughs) no sense was made and they got a penalty at the end anyway yeah i bet sean (laughs) couldn't believe it which 94th minute and and i had bednarek sitting there on nine points at the time with the three bonus and there there go the points. And I had Barnes sitting there on one point. <laughs> and he I think gets... at, at the time I had about 13 points. Yep. In a way, it's kind of nice. It's kind of sorted us both out. You know, it knew I had the Bednarek points and also yeah. the Redmond points. So I must have first mentioned Redmond about six weeks ago. <laughs> and now he's finally got his goal. <laughs> and I was, I was... There were moments when I was almost thinking, like, me of a few seasons ago, I definitely would have transferred Redmond out for Ward-Prowse this week. I'm Mm. so glad I didn't. (laughs) Yeah. 
Uh, but I would say, like, with Redmond, their fixtures do turn a bit. Like, I was really I was really gambling on these fixtures. And they still have Cardiff and Fulham to come. But in between, or, or on either side of those games, they have Arsenal away and Man United away and Spurs at home. So <laughs> it's, not, it's not amazing from now on. But just for those two Cardiff and Fulham games, and arguably the Arsenal one too, because we did lose to them earlier in the season, let's not forget. Um... I think it's worth holding on to him and, and Bednarek for now. Oh, sorry. Can I just mention about the... Why did Crouch get the assist for the Barnes penalty when it was a handball? So, what is the question? Why was his assist so given was, because it was a handball? Why or? was he... Get, yeah, it was a... Ha- so, I thought a penalty was given because there was a handball. Mm-hmm. And I believe that if it was a handball, there was no assist. No, it, there or at is. least that's how it's been this that whole rest of the game week because there were two other handballs penalties for handball right and there were right. no assists were so, given. So this is a quirk in the rules. Um, so if there's a deliberate like pass played or action made by an attacker, so I can't remember the crouch thing clearly. I think he headed it down onto the guy's arm, right? I think he went to head it and it touched the arm before he got before he headed it right so that's so what i thought the, the way it's supposed to be given is essentially if you make an action that forces mm-hmm. the handball right then okay. you get the assist um but okay. the, there was a lot of controversy and i i hate saying controversy when it's a freaking game but remember alexis sanchez on the first day of the season against leicester where he just kind of kicked the ball and i remember having this conversation with you where i was like I swear penalties weren't given for handball. Uh, sorry, I swear <laughs> assists weren't given for handballs before. Yeah, because Alexis got one where he kicked it and it like deflected off two players and then someone else right. ha- handled it. And I was convinced. And then you were like, "No, no, like this has always happened." And then we looked up the rules and it was like, "Yeah, okay, um, yeah." But no, that you, one was okay. weird because it took a, multiple deflections after yeah this one i think was a bit more cut and dry because he did make an action that forced the handball and right. that's supposed okay. to be um where the the distinction lies and i think there was controversy over the macarthur cross that led to a handball who did palace play um they can't beat remember. they beat someone fulham and um yes. i can't remember who the player was who handballed it but there was a little bit of an issue with that because I think Adoy, people are like, I think. yeah, people are like, why didn't MacArthur get these? And the, at the end of the day, I'm like, I don't, I don't care enough to spit hairs about this stuff. Surely no one owns MacArthur. Well, that's the thing, but but people get on their high horse about like consistency and stuff like that, and I'm like, mm. there's, oh, I, I, I worry about it. Understand when it, it to team, some mate. degree, but it's it's also like they have a process that they follow. Most of the yeah. time, it's fine. Like. I'd, it's a free game. It's Apart not like from, I'm... do you remember that Mendy assist that wasn't an assist and so they gave him a different one? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Never forget. Uh, Watford went very mid-table and drew 0-0 with Brighton without having a shot on target, I think. Certainly, That's quite impressive, isn't it? Matt Ryan didn't have to make a save, which I was very pleased <laughs> pleased with. Having him... I, I did almost start Fabianski this week, but then I was like, no, I'll give Ryan a chance. And he did well. Um, and Liverpool dropped points, which is a, a fairly significant moment in the title race, although it could change soon. Um, quick mention for all of the new signings before we go into the Game Week 26 preview. Uh, Batch White, Palace, yes! got an assist yes! on his debut. 
And yes. to be fair, like considering how bad he looked at Valencia, he kind of hit the ground running with with his sub oh. appearance. He looked really good, really sharp. I'm so very guessed. So yeah, he he did look really lively. How much is he in FPL? Six point five, I think. Okay, Ben Teke actually is another player who looked really good. He almost scored a massive freaking wonder goal with an overhead kick. So yeah, I missed it. I said yes, I'll watch match of the day later. I'll have a look, and then I didn't see that. Yeah, so... he looked genuinely good for the first time in ages. Maybe that that time off did him some good. Mm, Jack's predicting that uh, the the starting lineup with Zaha in will be Zaha Townsend on the wings and Benteke and Mishi up top. Oh, right. So like a, a 4 4 Interesting. That sounds quite cool. Um, I don't... I mean, that's a good price for a striker, isn't it? I guess the only question you have is how how is he going to perform against someone like Jimenez? And I actually think there could be an argument at some point this season, especially if Wolves face a, like game week 30. They face Chelsea, Arsenal, Burnley, Man United. Maybe that's the time to look to someone like Michi when they have Brighton, Tottenham, Huddersfield, Newcastle. So yeah. My it, only it, concern about Batuai is his start. Like I'd want to yeah. make sure that he was starting before I Yeah, exactly. It's not, not one to look at right around. away, but definitely to keep an eye on and um see if he can improve Palace's goal scoring because that is something they've really struggled for for a while. Uh Bournemouth signed a player called Chris Meppham, a defender. I mean they needed to sign a defender because they just don't really defend. Um but I don't know if he's going to have any real fancy implication. Um, Leicester picked up Tielemans on loan, who is basically a really, really hyped youngster. I don't know if he's going to have any fancy value, but he should hopefully improve Leicester because Leicester just lack a lot of creativity in the middle. And I think that's the kind of thing he could bring. Isn't it mad? Because Madison was so hype Hmm. like three, four months ago. Yeah. And it was like, whoa, Leicester can do goals. Wow, Madison can score free kicks and now dead. I, I still think, like, from the the football, like, fan community, like, I think he's a very popular player um, because he's a good dribbler. Like, he does a lot of very visible things, you know, like someone who dribbles a lot and takes people on and takes shots, they're always quite easy on the eye and you think, oh, yeah, this player's good. But the thing about Madison is he, he doesn't really offer an awful lot of end product. And he is a player that plays in a position where you need to offer end product. He's mm. missed penalties this season. He missed a massive chance against Liverpool. And I'm getting into speculation territory here, but I just think he has a like, stinky attitude. Like He seems really, really arrogant. And I think that's something he's going to have to rein in a little bit. Like you can, you can be arrogant when you're Ronaldo, but... He's not Ronaldo right now. He's kind of a, a fairly fancy number 10 who isn't scoring or assisting many goals. Um, Almiron, we mentioned earlier, and he, he's a player at 6.0 I'm really excited about. Arsenal picked up Denis Suarez, who I don't know if he's going to start or not, but could potentially be good. And in, in, he's another one that I'd look look at to potentially improve Lacazette and Aubameyang's goal-scoring chances because he's really been brought in to try and create more chances and link the midfield to the attack. And uh, Ryan Barbel, who's, who's looked really good for Fulham so far. I don't think there was anyone else of note. Like, there are probably some other signings, but definitely not anyone that I'd look at for, for FPL. So let's move on to a little Game Week 26 preview. And I keep wanting to say Game Week 25 because it's all 
gone so quickly. Um, have we got an early kickoff this week? Yes, we have. Fulham play Man United, and it's at Craven Cottage. What do we think? To Fulham stand I a think... chance? Should I start Ryan Barbel with his uh, sexy purple hair? Why not? I kind of think I should. Like I have him in my team at the moment. The main question I have is is we'll one we'll get to later, but I do think Fulham stand a chance here. The problem with Fulham, as it has been all season, is they just concede too many goals. And at the weekend, they gave away the most ridiculous handball imaginable. And you just can't do that. <laughs> they need to stop that. <laughs> uh, so I, I do think they stand a chance. You know, it's in front of their own fans. But this would potentially be a good time for your, your Man United assets. Would you look at captaining any of them? Definitely not, because it's 12.30. Yeah, I know. Are I, was, you insane? I was trying to catch you out. <laughs> But if if you weren't you, if you didn't have that rule, do you think anyone else might consider it or, or it might be worth considering? Or do you think being away from home against a team who really needs the points, do you think that could cause some trouble? Yeah, I don't know. Fulham have been a lot better at home. Hmm. Um, I d- yeah, I don't know. I think maybe there's somewhere else I would look. Right. So we'll move on to three o'clock then. Crystal Please. Palace face West Ham, Huddersfield against Arsenal, Liverpool, Bournemouth, Southampton play Cardiff, Watford play Everton. In the Marco Silva derby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I like to see. So Palace, West Ham. This is the question, the other question I have. So I still have Arnautovic. And I don't oh. know what the hell is going on with that guy. <laughs> but How much is he? 6.9? Yeah. So he, he's going to be a player that I'm looking to move out soon. Um regardless of how well he plays like i think there's better value to be had elsewhere and get that's why and to be honest to be fair oh probably not against city and not before the blank though yeah yeah but soon maybe (laughs) it's it's yeah i look at um i look at west ham and i think in attack without arnautovic they look a lot less threatening and that that was kind of the the feeling I got when they played Liverpool, they were just purely threatening on set pieces. That was where all their chances were coming from. And without Arnautovic, it does feel they lack a real quality striker. So I guess we're going to have to wait and see what happens with him. I think it's really affected the dressing room. Can you afford Rashford? Yeah, I can, but I don't want him because of just the, the fixture congestion. and and. Do you think he'll play in the Champions League, though? I guess he's been good, so he'll play. Yeah, I... I mean, I could see rotation where Rashford does get the Premier League and Lukaku gets the Champions League, but also I don't really like the idea of Man United against Palace and Southampton, two teams who, one, uh, Palace look really good against the big teams and genuinely like are a strong defensive unit against anyone, mm. and Southampton, who've certainly improved defensively, but also will target that game as one where they just sit back and counter-attack and... I don't think that suits the way that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer wants to play with Man United. And if you look at the goal that that Pogba assisted for Rashford against Leicester at the weekend, like Man United weren't, they didn't put in a vintage performance at all. It was basically an awful error from Pereira leading to everyone being out of position and just an easy ball through for, for Pogba to Rashford and it basically a gift of a goal in the end. So I do think you have to view that in a little bit of context. It's not to say that Rashford will just stop scoring. It's just not a move I want to make now. It's one mm. that I've missed out on now and I don't really want to go there. 
Um, but yeah, West Ham against Palace. I'm wondering, does Diop, Diop and Fabianski, is there any chance for them here to keep a clean sheet? Because they did look very organised against Liverpool. However... I don't know. The reverse fixture was like 3-2. Yeah, which is weird because Palace, especially in that period of the season, weren't renowned for scoring loads of goals. So I don't think I'm going to play Wan-Bissaka. I think I'm going to play Dunk instead. Mm. It's quite hard to say when you get a match-up like this, when it is too... I mean, Palace are actually still in the relegation conversation, but... Oh. <laughs> but... <laughs> But they also look very organised and very good for a team in that. Uh, I think it's more a case of, you know, all the teams down there actually putting in quite good performances on occasion. So, yeah, I find it really hard to call, but I am unsure about whether to play Diop and Fabianski here. Uh, Huddersfield-Arsenal, you've got to be looking at Aubameyang for a potential captaincy option. It's currently what I have my, my captaincy chip on, although Liverpool-Bournemouth, I'm also Ian Salah. He scored a hat trick yeah. against them away. What has he got to do at home? I mean, the I've only... got Salah captain Aubameyang vice yeah. at the moment. Yeah. So I originally had Salah, and then I was like, oh, but I want to go for Aubameyang because Huddersfield just conceded five and Arsenal, and this is the point where I just can't decide because my my fandom is getting in the way. Liverpool, I would say, have looked weaker in recent weeks, and I think Trent Alexander Arnold missing has been a massive factor in that because... When is he back? Because he was meant to be back two game weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. so there was that thing where he was out for four weeks, which we said on the podcast, and then literally hours later, um, it was announced that actually, no, it's not going to be quite as long. It's going to be more like one week. And now it's been, what, two weeks? And he's still not back. So I, I think he's slated to come back this weekend uh, for the Saturday game, but it's one to, to keep an eye on the the old dinneries and the, the press conferences for. Um, I think they missed him a lot because if you look at the game against West Ham, like Felipe Anderson was getting a lot of joy and he was playing on the side that Trent would have been covering. And when Trent plays, he can just run high up the pitch and hang out there and keep the, those players, those wingers pinned back. So I do think when he comes back, it both improves their defence and their attack. And I'm going to be looking to get one of Trent or Van Dijk in about three weeks' time for a double up on the Liverpool defence uh, when they have a bunch of good fixtures. But this this one, yeah, I think if if Trent is playing, I'd, I probably will move the captaincy chip back to Salah purely because I'm going to be so gutted if I don't and everyone else captains him like I know they will. And I'm 30 points behind because I went for Aubameyang who got two points. Uh, Southampton play Cardiff. This one looks quite interesting to me because this is obviously a good chance. Southampton at home, good chance for them to get some points. Cardiff, we mentioned, strong defensively, but particularly at home. So maybe there's an opportunity for, for Southampton here. This is one of the reasons I brought Redmond and Bednarek in for games like this. Obviously, you're not going to have a captain in this game because you'd have to be mental. Uh, and Watford Everton, the Marco Silva derby. This this one seems like it could be really exciting purely because of that emotional element to it. Yeah, surely Richarlison will score. Uh, I hope <laughs> not. I, I don't know, actually, because I feel like people are losing patience with him. And Well, he scored against Huddersfield, didn't he? Yeah. And that shook he, the planet. Sure, wasn't that off the bench? Like, he came came off the bench because he got, like, five points despite scoring. I don't recall. I fancy Watford for this one to win. 
because Everton have just been awful. Like, they they keep conceding goals from set pieces. They keep conceding goals in general. What was it? 3-1 against Wolves. And Jimenez, he scored a goal, but it was not a good goal. <laughs> it was very, very bad defending from Everton. And that's just the problem they face. Like, like a few other teams in this league, they just don't seem to be solid enough defensively. And if you're constantly going a goal, two goals down, it's very hard to win games. Um, so I think this could be an exciting one. I certainly think the Marco Silva angle is going to make it, well, it's going to be dripping with narrative, isn't it? But I was, my original plan was to bring Pereira back in. He missed the game at the weekend through injury, apparently. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be back for this. So I guess we'll see. And then we've got a late kickoff, which is, is one of those weekends, isn't it? Brighton versus Burnley. Honestly, this is like my dream fixture. Why? Because Heaton and Dunk. Yeah. <laughs> I should have known. I love it so much. I love the sound of it so much. This, if this isn't a nil-nil, I don't know what Ooh, is. Oh yeah, clean sheet cup. Can't wait to get to that. You know, I will watch this because it it's got to be good fun probably, but it's not one I'd I'd mind about missing too much. Then moving on to Sunday, we have. A semi-Super Sunday. Spurs versus Leicester is the early kickoff, And Man City versus Chelsea, which is the real big one of the weekend. Spurs-Leicester, I mean, it's always got to be a good chance for Son, isn't it? He scores all the time. And Leicester, they have a tendency to concede in the first five minutes of the game. So Yeah, I'd definitely consider Son captain for this. Yeah. Especially because it's on the Sunday as well. Yeah. Um, it always makes Son, it a little I'd... bit more palatable, doesn't it? Yeah, I'd definitely think about it. I'd probably only vice him. But that means I've thought about it enough. <laughs> I'm too biased, really, to ever look at this and be like, yeah, I'll go Son. But it'd be a good differential, for sure. Um, I, th- I think most people are going to be going... they got to be going for Salah because it's a, the safe option. But yeah, there are sure. a few options. Obviously, Man City and Chelsea, two teams that you would often look to to have potential captains uh, from and you're just not going to do it in this game are you I mean Chelsea exposed how bad they can be defensively against Bournemouth but surely they're going to do better against against Man City like you shouldn't really be expecting that sort of performance again so it'd be very interesting to see but you know this is one of the reasons I got Almiron in because I was transferring out David Silva because I didn't want Silva and Sterling in the same game um, mm. against Chelsea plus blank game week coming up so yeah but yeah it should be a really interesting match I- I'd probably back Man City to win it purely because it's at home and I think if they can get that atmosphere that will change things for them because City are used to playing to a very quiet crowd let's say and then we've got a Monday game which is just the thing I hate the most especially when you podcast about this stuff because when you have a real life job and you have to come home and record it's really annoying but Wolves do play Newcastle, and because I have Almiron in this game, we have to delay it until at least after this match, so I can celebrate. Well, it's okay because cry. there's no games next weekend. So oh, so we got loads of time. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I I think this should be a really interesting game. These are two good teams who, again, it's two sort of counter-attacking teams, but I think Wolves have a little bit more creativity. Um. And I think Newcastle would be the ones that look to really sit back a lot more. An interesting, interesting matchup. I I couldn't call it either way, but if I if it was on an accumulator, I'd probably go for Newcastle because they're the away from home team. 
They can just sit back and chill, get those Almeron points, and it's all good. Okay. Well, I'm going to start Patricio, so... All right, good for you. <laughs> I love it. At least you're not Thanks. doubling up on their defence, because, you know, that's the only point I'd, I'd be like, oi. Who's your other goalkeeper, Fabianski? Yeah. You're not feeling it against Palace? No. Nah, okay. Anyway, let's move on to Clean Sheet Cup and mm. then we'll leave you. Okay, so do you want to know what happened? So, game week 24, the old midweek. Yeah. You went for Arsenal versus Cardiff. <sighs> we were so close. We conceded in the 92nd minute. But I went for Man United versus Burnley. So... And both failed. <laughs> yeah. Which, on paper, was a home banker and should have really been a win for United, but hey. There we go. Uh, over the weekend, you went for Southampton versus Burnley. Ninety <gasps> fourth minute. Oh, <laughs> what the hell? But I went for Chelsea versus Huddersfield. Oh yeah, I should have done that really. Oh, what an idiot. Well, you couldn't have done because I did. Oh, did you go first? Actually, I can't. No, I can't remember. First. Yeah, you went first that because I would have gone first for the first so one. I so could that's have had it. my first point in six game weeks. It's, uh, it's mad, actually, how hard nice. this is to do, the clean sheet cup thing, because so often there are ones that look really obvious that just don't come up. And, and that's yeah. often why I don't go for the ones like the, the Chelsea versus Huddersfield, because I just think something weird is going to happen here. And it, it seems the middling sort of ones are, are more easy to go for. Um, mm. So, yeah, well, well done okay. on your point. Thank you. Uh, I'm still one point behind you. Uh, so I'm going to go first. And I'm going to go for a Brighton-Burnley nil-nil. Okay, it's big. I like it. If you if you get it right and I fail to score, then you take the lead. So that's very I exciting. Do. It's true. Um, if I had to pick any of these... I you mean... do. You literally do have to pick one of these. <laughs> the one I'd have to go for, it's just... It's a team with the worst attack in the league... It's Huddersfield, um, so Arsenal for a clean sheet against Huddersfield. If we don't keep a clean sheet against Huddersfield, I, I just That'd don't know what to say. I'm really, really hoping that Mavropanos starts ahead of Mustafi because I've I've seen enough of him, man. I, I do not need to see that guy play ever again. He's he's so bad. It's It's embarrassing. It's genuinely embarrassing to the point where it makes football... You know, one of the things that makes, especially as a fan of a team, one of the things that makes football enjoyable is going into a match with optimism and hope that even though the odds are stacked against us, something can happen. As soon as you see Mustafi on the team sheet, you're like, well, that's a 2-3 goal handicap already. Like, he's going to do something where he slips over or he does something just so unspeakably stupid that not even an amateur footballer would do. You're just, it's miserable. It makes it a miserable experience. And that's all I have to say on that. I, I mean, I have a lot more to say, but I don't want to drag this podcast out and make it hard edit. So, Thanks. <laughs> no worries. No worries. So where can people find us, Natalie, if they want to get in contact? Uh, you can find us on Twitter. As Dan mentioned at the start, he's been prolific there. Uh, that's I've, I've got at... good records. Mm-hmm. That's at the Denalysis. You can also get in touch with us via email. Uh, that's hello at the com. What was that? Dad cam. Dad cam. Dad cam. 
if you like this podcast, it'd be sick if you rated, reviewed, subscribed, you know, all those cool things. We're actually on Spotify now, also. Um, I don't know if we've mentioned that before. Maybe we have, maybe we haven't. No, I don't think but we have. There. I think you sorted it after the last podcast. Um... So if you prefer to listen to podcasts in your Spotify app, then you can now do that. It's, it's wonderful. Mm. But um, yeah, thank you everyone for listening this week. Uh, we hope you had a great Game Week 25. And well, anyone who still has people to play, we didn't really mention Everton today, but... I guess a lot of people still have like Sigurdsson and Richarlison. Imagine if they go and score some goals against City. That'd be mad. Madness. But regardless, enjoy yourselves for the rest of the game week and we will see you next week. Oh, well. Ish. We'll Maybe. Re- we'll update yeah. on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter and then we'll let we you know when the podcast is coming. Shh, shh. Don't tell them. They've forgotten uh, already. We'll probably record next weekend, so probably the 16th is when we'll okay, record cool. next. That works for me. Ish. Yeah. Cool. See you later, guys. Bye. <laughs>